Thank you for listening to the Reclaim Church podcast. We hope that this message is a blessing to your life. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX. Now please enjoy this message. I don't know if you're standing or if you're sitting or whatever you're going to be. You can go ahead and get comfortable. We're going to get into the Word this morning. And um, we've been in a series called Scales. And what we've been talking about as a church is this idea that we want to see God in a brand new light. That we don't want to restrict Him to what we feel He should do or how we, we feel He should act. And so we, 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 uh, the, first, um, the first service we talked about the story of, of Paul how he was on his way to Damascus and the Lord stopped him in the middle of his, on the, on the road. And it says that his eyes were open and, and, and he began to see what God has called him to. He began to see that he was persecuting really Jesus and Jesus kind of opened his spiritual eyes and said, hey, what are you doing? You're fighting against me. And so we see that in the book of Acts chapter 9. And then we also, the week after that, we talked about Elijah and Elisha, how Elijah received a call from God. And this is found in 2 Kings chapter 2. And, and when he received the call, he went and he burned the plow. And he basically got rid of everything that held him in his old life. And he took on this new moment, this transition in, in, his, in his life to now become a prophet. But he had this, this, this mindset of, of, I can't go back. And I think we as a church, for those of you that are a part of Reclaimed Church, you know that we've, we've kind of come to this conclusion. Over the past couple of weeks, we've experienced God in just an amazing way, it's been, it's been something that we didn't think would happen so fast, that we didn't think God could move like this so fast, but we've seen him move in just a, a tremendous way. We've, we've experienced the presence of God. Um, if you were here, I think it was three weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago now, we, we tried to end the service, and we just kept worshiping, and we kept going, and we kept pressing in, and, and everybody in the room kind of had the same, the same mindset of, man, we weren't forcing this. We weren't making this happen, but we all had this sense in our hearts that I've experienced God in this new way, and I can't go back to the way that I used to think about him, to the way that I used to pray, to the way that I used to worship. And, and a scripture that I shared last week that is one of my favorite scriptures is Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. If you have your Bible, you could turn there. If you don't have your Bible, you can get up and go get it wherever it's at or get to your phones or whatever you have available to you. But in Philippians 3, 8, it says, Indeed, I count everything as loss. Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. I feel like we have come to this place where, where nothing else really matters. And even, even as we were, even as we were um, getting ready for this service, we were stressing about getting the live stream going. Man, we've been here. Shout out to the team that's working on it. But We've been here night after night kind of just trying to prepare it for, for, to, to get it up online. But we've kind of come to this conclusion of even after all that, all that matters is that we know Jesus. All that matters is that we're with him. So this morning, I know, again, we're not in church together, but we are together. But let's have that same mindset as we continue this series that all I want is Jesus. And so what I want to talk about today is seeing through the storm. And I understand that we are, thank you, Isaiah, appreciate it. I understand that as a nation, really as the world, we're in this, the middle of this storm. And there's a lot of questions of like, well, what's happening? What, what's next? When will this be over? When will, we, when, when will we get through this? But what I want to talk about today is, is how God will sometimes use the storm to open our eyes. And so the title of my message is Sing Through the Storm. And, and in, in Matthew chapter 14, verse 20, 22 to 33, it says, Immediately... 
he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from, from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against him. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O, ye, o, o you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. See, the boat in the storm was the perfect scenario, the perfect place for an eye-opening experience. And this, maybe this isn't necessarily a story about somebody being physically blind and their eyes were being opened. But it's a, it's a turning point. It's a moment where calamity and chaos hit the disciples and Jesus intervened. And what happens is they begin to see Jesus in a whole new way. Jesus wanted, to, wanted them to go on the boat without, them, without him, but he was not going to let them go through the storm without him. And I know sometimes we feel like we've been abandoned by God, especially in moments like this. It's kind of like, okay, God, what are you doing? But I want to encourage you that he doesn't abandon us, but he wants us to experience him through the storm. He wants us to experience clarity through chaos. God will often use chaos to open our eyes. We see this in, 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 this, in this verse that a lot of pastors have been reading and it's in 2 Chronicles 7, 13 and 14. It says, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. See, God will allow chaos in the world. He'll allow chaos in our lives in order to open our eyes so that we can see him clearly. Jesus allowed this storm. It's, to, it's in these times that you have to look for God. You have to find out what he's doing. Sometimes we, we want to get through these things so fast. We're like, okay, God, get me through it. But I, I think now is the time to kind of stop and slow down and say, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me right now? With all the fear that is happening, with everything that's going on, God, what are you trying to teach me? The truth is, is that we are in the storm. We're in the middle of it right now. We, we're not together at a church. We're not together in the building. We're separated in homes because of the storm. There's fear and there's worry all around the, all around the world because of the storm. But I think the storm does a few things to us. One, it distracts us. If I could be honest with you, throughout this week, all I've been doing, and I, I think a lot of you guys could agree with me, a lot of my time has been refreshing news stories. And trying to like see, okay, what's happening now? Because there's always a new report. There's always something good and then something really bad and then something really good and something really bad. But I've noticed myself throughout the week that I've allowed this to take my eyes off of Jesus. Now, if you're not a part of our church, you're going to learn quickly as I preach that I'm very honest and open with who I am. I'm not a perfect person. And I've found myself in a place of distraction because of what was happening if we're not careful these things that are going around us will cause us to get our eyes off of Jesus. 
You look at Peter, he was, all, he was already walking on water. It, he was in the middle of the storm, but he was already walking on the water. But what happens is he's distracted by the wind and the waves. It was this fear, this thing that happened in the storm that, that caused Peter to take his eyes off Jesus. I know we've heard that story many times, but distraction, I believe, is a weapon to slow us down. I think that God has been moving. I, I've been talking to a lot of uh, pastors, pastors and a lot of people from different churches, and man, we're all kind of experiencing a move of God. We're all kind of like, man, God's ready to do something. Something is happening. And in the middle of us saying that, the virus comes. And it's like, okay, I thought God was doing something, and now it seems like it's slowed down. Because all the momentum that we've gained in our churches, all of the momentum we've gained in our spiritual life, all this momentum that we have, it seems like it kind of just stopped. But I think if we look into the storm, and if we stop trying to avoid the hard times, I think what we'll begin to see is why we're going through this. The enemy wants to use this time to distract you, to slow you down. So that you can stop reading, so that you can stop praying, so that you can stop living, living like a Christian should live, right? Because it's like, well, if I'm not going to be at church on Sunday, I guess I don't have to act that great. I could hide in my house now, right? Is, I don't know if anybody could relate to that. But don't let this time distract you. Don't stop pursuing God. This is not the time to stop pursuing God. This is not the time to stop praying. This is not the time to let worry overtake your mind and your heart to where you stop everything you've been doing for the Lord. Pastor, this is not the time for you to slow down with your church planning. This is not the time for you, those that are church members, to stop believing for greater things. I looked at our calendar, and, and I think for, for our area, they were like eight weeks. It's going to be like this for eight weeks. I don't know if that's going to last that long. I hope it doesn't. We're praying it doesn't. But that's what I heard. And I looked on the calendar. I'm like, okay. That's Easter, and that's our year, our year anniversary. And I was really bummed out. But it, I allowed it to distract me and kind of like, okay, maybe I don't need to plan those things anymore. But don't stop. Don't stop what God has been doing in your life. Don't stop pursuing. Don't stop praying. Don't stop seeking the Lord like you've been seeking him in the past season just because the storm has come. Another thing I think it does is, is the storm brings discouragement. It puts us in a place where we're like, man, is God even with me? My family's sick. They're afraid. We don't have toilet paper. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. I'm sure that's everybody. I don't know. Anyway, toilet paper is a big, a big news story now. But anyway, so discouragement, it, it brings this discouragement to say, man, I don't know if, I'm, if, if God is in it with me. It gets us to this place to believe that there is no hope. It's like, man, every day is going to be like this. I can't handle another day of fear. I can't handle another day of worry. But listen, we right now have every reason to hope. Even in discouragement, there is a reason to hope. You may not be able to see why or how or when it's going to happen, but I promise you there's a reason to hope. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13 through 19, it says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. For people swear by something greater than themselves, and in all their disputes, an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the, in, into the inner place behind the curtain. We have this hope in Jesus 
that even through all this craziness, even through all this chaos, we don't need to be discouraged because we still have access to the inner place. You still have access to the secret place with God. You may not be able to go to the church building, but you can still get into the presence of God. You don't have to let this moment discourage you to the point where you feel like God is far from you. Because even when we cannot see it, there is a reason to hope. Abraham didn't see the promise. He heard the promise. He didn't receive it right away. He didn't receive the son right away. But he trusted in God because God is always good on his word. So even in this time when you're like, man, I don't have any good news. There's no reason for me to celebrate. There's no reason for me to hope. I want you to think about this scripture. And even when it doesn't look good, even when it doesn't feel right, even when you still feel that sense of being nervous and that sense of being afraid, you have a hope in Jesus that is sure and steadfast. You have a hope in God that does not fail. You have hope. I, I, I had this moment when I was at my house. Now, I'm not sick, okay? So don't say, oh, you might be sick. I'm not sick. But I, me- I remember when the when news really started coming out, and then, then we found out about the church. We couldn't have church service anymore. I'm like, oh, my. I started freaking out. And then I started getting, like, crazy anxiety. And I don't, I don't deal with a lot of anxiety, but I started feeling like, you know, you feel like getting kind of boxed in. Like, I got to run somewhere, but I had nowhere to run. I didn't want to freak my kids out. So I was like, okay, I got to use the restroom. <laughs> and I went to the bathroom, and I just begin to pray. I begin to pray, Lord, I come against anxiety. I come against fear, right? And I just begin to pray over myself. And I walked out of there with this sense of hope, thinking, you know what, God? I may be afraid of what's out there, but, Lord, I don't need to be because I know that you're with me. I know that you're going to use this time to do something crazy. I'm telling you, God is getting ready to do something. But, hope, but, but this storm, it brings distraction. It brings discouragement. And it brings despair. It's this fear. This fear of the unknown. This fear of what tomorrow may bring. This fear every time we get a news notification or an or, or a, a article on Facebook. Don't believe every article you read on Facebook, all right? But there's this fear. The storm brings a sense of anxiety and worry. And even right now, we're, we're, we're looking around the world and we're watching and experiencing what fear can do. We're seeing how fear can spread just like a virus. Fear can spread from person to person. I would encourage you when you're in a circle of people, or less than 10 though, when you're in a circle of people, I'd encourage you when people start speaking out of fear, you start speaking from hope. Now, hope is not unrealistic. Because there's nothing more real than a hope in God. There's nothing more faithful than God. There's nothing more constant than God. And so when you start speaking hope, what it does is it releases the grip of fear. When we start speaking the truth of God, it releases that grip. You know that grip that you feel in your heart that it kind of feels like it's paralyzing you? Like, oh, I can't move, but I need to go somewhere. That fear, you need to come against it with the hope of God, with the truth of God. Because we, it says this in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of power and love and self-control. God has given you power to overcome this fear that's in your heart. This despair that comes with the storm, God has given you power to overcome it. You have that. Uh, something that I, we, t- we say at the church all the time is, is that we're, as a pastor, I'm not a priest. I don't experience God for you. I'm not your avenue to Jesus. You have access to the Holy Spirit. You have access to the fullness of God. So yes, call out for prayer. Reach out for prayer. Call out to your Christian brothers and sisters and say, hey, I'm afraid right now. Could you pray with me? But at the same time, understand that you are a child of God. 
that you have the authority to come against this fear and this despair, this distraction and this, in, this discouragement because even in the storm, we have an anchor. Even when the, wi- the waves and the wind is going crazy and, and all we see is dark clouds and all we see is chaos in front of us, even in those moments, we have an anchor in the storm. And that anchor is Jesus. And Jesus does not fail or fade. Jesus doesn't disappear when times get tough. Jesus doesn't walk away when, when, you, when you feel like you're losing control. Jesus is constant. He is an anchor to our soul. God does not fail. I think about God and, and I think about the way he's moved in my life throughout my entire life. And I realize that he's never failed me. Like even when all these bad things have happened, and yes, bad things happen in life. But I'd rather go through the bad things with God than without him. But God has never failed me. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. This is the heart of the Father. This is the heart of our anchor. They're saying, listen, you don't need to be afraid. Don't, just don't be afraid. You can, you can be realistic. And you can look at the news stories, sure. You can try to see what's happening, but don't be afraid. Don't let fear grip you. Look for him. Seek him because he's your hope. Don't try to find your hope on every other platform out there. Look for it in Jesus because even if he feels distant, he's watching over you. There are are times when God feels distant. There are those moments when he, he, it feels like, man, I'm praying. And I'm seeking him, seeking him and, I'm, and I'm really trying, and I'm really trying to get a hold of him. But, but I can't seem to find him. See, Jesus wasn't on the boat with the disciples. Jesus let them go through the storm, but he wasn't on the boat. But he didn't leave them by themselves. He's watching over you. Matthew 6, 25 through 32 says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? I I just feel like somebody, you feel like, even as we read that scripture, you're like, man, I don't feel like I'm valuable. I don't feel like God loves me. I feel like I've made too many mistakes, and i failed too many times, and and I haven't been to church in a long time. And, and even, even watching, you're, you're watching church now because you're ashamed to go into the building. But I want to encourage you that you are valuable to the Lord. You are, you are wanted and you are worthy. You're, I mean, I wouldn't say you're, we're all, we're, none of us are worthy, I guess, but you're worth it. You're worth the sacrifice he paid. He wanted you. So don't, lose, don't, don't let that sink into your heart to where you ignore this scripture. Verse 27, it says, and which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. I think the reason we're so afraid today is because we're, so, we're holding so tightly onto the temporary life. 
We're so worried about what our life on earth will look like, even though we know that our life is secure in eternity. I want to encourage you to understand that the Lord cares for you. See, again, we've come to this place, and I, and I pray that you come to this place too, that we've received this new revelation of Jesus, and we understand that anything is possible. Anything is possible. What I love about what's happening is it has to be a move of God. What's happening around the world, we need to experience God. Only God can make this better. Only God can heal the land. Only God can heal the sick. This is something that only God can do. But he can do it. I think we, we've, we've, sometimes we place God in this, in this box or we place, because we look at what church looks like or how we feel when we pray. But God is the God of the impossible. God is the God that can do it all. He can take care of you. He's taking care of you. He can cover your family. He can provide your needs. He can support you. He can cover you. He can strengthen you. He can refresh your spirit. This is the God that we serve, that he can do anything. Jesus says, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. I won't walk in fear. I won't walk in discouragement. I won't walk in distraction. I won't walk afraid of what's happening in the world because I know Jesus. Because I know him. And I, 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 that's so crazy for me to say because for years and years and years I felt like I knew church. I felt like I knew ministry. I felt like I knew what a good person was, but I didn't really know Jesus. But when I began to experience him and, and who he is and the, and the love that he carries and the presence that he carries and the grace and the mercy and these, these attributes of who he is, when I began to experience him, everything changed. Everything changed. We've come to this place as, as people, we just can't go back. Even, I cannot wait to gather again. I, I'm so, I'm so excited because I honestly just miss being with you guys, and it's only been one Sunday, and this is it. I don't know how long, much longer we can handle this. But what I love what God is doing is, is we, we, he's changed us. We can't go back. The storm that the disciples were going through, it brought clarity about who he was. Matthew 14, 32 and 33 says, And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. They would not have been able to worship in that way if not for the storm. They would not have seen him with that much power to overcome the storm if it never came. See, physical chaos is often a, a time and a place for spiritual clarity. When I'm going through chaos in my physical life, I could lean into the Lord. I could spend time with him, and he could begin to open my eyes spiritually. Because in the storm, we learn to trust God in a new way. Right now, a lot of us are worried about finances. And we're worried about how we're going to pay the bills and and what's, what, what is this going to do to our economy? Man, it shows that we've trusted in our economy more than we've trusted in God. Because we're beginning to worry about money now. Even though God is still on the throne, God is still in control, now we're worried about our support and our provision. Where was our trust in? Where did we put our trust in? See, trusting in him, it brings the peace even in the storm. This storm has taught us that maybe... My, my focus was off. 
this virus has put us in a place to understand that maybe I wasn't seeking the Lord as I should. Or maybe I wasn't trusting him as I should. Now, I'm not playing this lightly. I'm not saying that it's not affecting people physically. I know that it is. And we're praying for them. We're believing for healing. But what I'm saying is this has opened our eyes as Christians. It's opened us to, to this place of, man, I need to spend more time with God. I need to, maybe I shouldn't be, be searching for all these things and all this provision in other places. Maybe I have to learn to trust in the Lord. At this moment in the boat, it was like, he was opening their eyes to understand that this was the Savior they had been looking for. This was the Messiah that was prophesied about. They were seeing their hope assured in the ghosts that they were afraid of. When, the, when Jesus first came in, they're all feared, all, all afraid. Man, it's a ghost. We're, we're afraid. of. They, I don't know what they were thinking, but that's pretty crazy. But the very thing that they were afraid of was the very thing that was revealed to them to be God. So even now when we're looking at this virus as a ghost or as, as, as something to be afraid of, it is a time to seek the Lord. This storm has to change your perspective. It has to change you. You have to allow God to speak to your life and say, Lord, what are you saying to me? God, what are you doing in me now that everything around the world is changing? Everything is changing. Everything is changing. God, what are you trying to change in me? What are you trying to change in me? Will the storm change you? Because ultimately, God is in control. He's with us. He's not going to leave us alone. But you have an opportunity now. Are you going to let the storm change you and change your perspective of God in a good way? Or are you going to let it distract you and put you in a place of fear? I mean, I think it's crazy now as, as churches, we, we, we can't control the congregation. I mean, we never should, Right? We say here, like, we are God's people. This is God's church, right? But think about it. We don't know who's watching right now. We don't know how many members are watching. We don't know who showed up today. We can't control that. We cannot control our service anymore. It's out of our control now because of what's happening. We have to learn new things. We have to begin to spread the message in a new way. We've lost control. But see, I don't want to waste this storm. I don't want to waste this idea that I'm no longer in control. When it comes to the church, when it comes to what God is doing in his people, we have to come to this place that we are not in control. That, that God can do whatever he wants to do. That God can move in any way that he wants to move. Will you let him draw, draw you close to him during this time or will you let fear pull you away? This storm is an opportunity to draw close to the Lord. This storm is an opportunity to say, okay, God, I'm not in control. If you want to come up and play, that'd be, that'd be good. I know that I don't want to go back to the way life was. And listen, I, I, as I've been praying for this, as, as I've been praying really like, man, God, can you please help me? This message was so hard to put together, if I'm honest. I was just struggling. Even, you know, I was pacing my house. and just, God, what are you saying, Lord? What do you want me to, what do you want to say? What do you want me to preach on, God? This is, this is tough. This is tough. And I begin to pray, and I just got on my knees, and I just, I was just like, God, you got you to tell me something. And really what he began to speak to me is that this time, what's happening right now, is not just for the internet to be flooded with pastors and preachers and the message although that's a part of it 
It's not just to refocus the Christian and save the, save the lost, although that will happen. What's happening now is God is trying to draw us back to a place of intimacy with him. And I've heard this in, in a few messages, and, and it just kind of confirmed what God was saying in my spirit. That he's beginning to take away distraction. He's beginning to take away our, 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 our idea of security and support. And he's pulling us into a place of intimacy. To say, in this moment, in this time, will you still seek me like you did when things were good? Will you still trust me like you did when things were going well for you? And as I was praying, as I was, as I was experiencing what he was telling me, I just felt him saying, I want my people back to a place of intimacy. Where we truly know God. He, he, it's like what we've known as church, the infrastructure, and, and the way it should be has been stripped away from us. And everything that, the way that we thought it was supposed to go throughout the year has been taken away from us. And it's like God is saying, okay, now that you've lost the programs, and now that you've lost the plans and the agenda for your Sunday morning service, and now that you've lost the routine of your life, will you come back to a place of first love? Will you come back to that place of intimacy and knowing Jesus? I think one of the most important things that happened on this boat is the disciples learned to trust Jesus in a new way. And so I pray that you would use this storm to, to, teach, to teach us, let it, let it teach us to go back to that place of intimacy with the Lord, trusting in him more than we trust in our systems and allowing him to do what he wants to do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX or check us out on our website, ReclaimChurchTX.com. Thank you for listening.